Welcome to RC Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Nick and this is episode number 179. We are back after a very small minor one leak, one one leak week leak of talent and audio files and corruption and oh, it was horrible. Yeah, this Not is good. episode Man. 179 <laughs> Rev B. Rev, Rev yeah. Take 2. <laughs> Take two. A week yeah. later. Uh, so with me, I have Justin and Jesse. Say hello. 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 Yeah, we um, we had some corruption issues. Not with it. That we? sounds actually. We? Yeah, and b- if by we, you mean <laughs> you. Hey, I thought yes. we succeeded and failed as a team. It depends it, on the circumstances. Yeah, definitely. It depends on the circumstances. <laughs> it it's depends on whether... While it, you were failing, Jesse and I were talking on the side about how it was all you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we, we agreed on that, so... Wow. Well, thanks, guys, for sticking by my side. I uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, that one went by the wayside. Uh, so we do have some... Pretty serious catch up, but that's all right. We are going to just clip right along and not get too far behind. Well, I'll tell you, dude, we had one hell of a conversation last Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no one will never hear or will ever hear it, but <laughs> I know. And you know the cool part? With my mind, I'll probably never remember it. So yep, it's I'm like it you. never happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh this does throw us off just a hair, so if we repeat anything, then we don't even know how many times we've talked about what we've done. But all right, Justin. <laughs> Dude. I I I have been having a good week. I'm not going to focus much on what happened the prior week because I'm not sure that I remember quite frankly. <laughs> I do know that I did get some flying in that week. I can't remember how much. I did get some simming in. I can't remember how much. Uh, but this week, the weather has sort of come back from a bit of a funk. You know, we we keep getting this rain spell that comes on. I'd say like every week we get two or three days where the rain pops back in. It's pretty nasty. And then it dries up really quick, usually around the weekend, which is odd, right? I mean, oftentimes the weekend is the rainy time because that's when you can fly. And when Mm -hmm. you can't fly, the weather's great. Turned around this time, though. And with the good weather meant that I was able to get out during lunch and after work to get some flying in. And so that has been on the Goblin 380. And I will tell you something. This little helicopter. 
OMG, dude. I love it. I love it long time, long time and short time and (laughs) medium time and sideways in between all sorts of times is what I love it. It (laughs) it's fantastic. I'm going to go as far as to say and and here we go. Ready? Drum roll. Should your wife cover her ears? No. Okay. But thank you for asking. Yeah, I was just going to prep that. I think that this is the best heli SAB has done thus far. Oh! That I went flown. There. Really? Oh, yes. Even, dude. I mean, I love my 770, 770? dude. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but this is the shit. Mm, so what you're saying is bigger is not always better. No, I mean. Yes, I have a chance. I- <laughs> <laughs> now, Nick, there is. Some oh. subset of uh, yeah minimum requirement. Right. There yeah. are minimum requirements. Yep. Not ah. going to go there, but you got you got my drift. Well, when we we start talking micros, uh, I'm I'm there. Yeah, don't don't bring a one thirty <laughs> to, to a three eighty to fight. a three eighty gunfight. Yeah, all right. This thing is just spectacular, though. First of all, it flies way bigger than a 360 slash 380 it flies twice as big as the chase and remember i really liked the chase it is much more stable it is much more agile um it it looks like a 500 in the air presence wise Mm -hmm. and i'll be honest with you today i got some flights in because it was my day off and I kind of sort of forgot that I wasn't flying a bigger helicopter. You know how you hmm. you get in the groove, you're doing your flight, and then about three or four minutes into it, I kind of snap out of it, and I'm like, wait a minute, dude. I am having a freaking blast and flying this as big and high and far out or as close in and low as I want, and I can't tell that it's not a 700. Wow. So that saying, uh, what, what head speed are you running right now? I've got it set up at, uh, 28, 29 and 3000 are my three idle ups. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think I'm settling in somewhere between 2,900 and 3000 for me. Flight time, uh, flight time. Now, remember I'm on the, I've still got the 1400 milliamp hour packs mm-hmm. that I had from the chase. I was just lazy, and we already talked about how I hate buying batteries, so I figured <laughs> I'd give it a shot. And I'm getting five solid minutes at 3,000, and they're still coming down at 3.8. Wow. So you're oh, good yeah. then. Oh, dude. How the heck? Yeah. Cause it- and I'm running about, I just, so so here's the deal. Tuning has been fun and interesting, and I always, I like a tuning challenge. Fun and interesting. <laughs> well, well, let me explain. Translation. Kicking my ass. No, it, it isn't, but these little guys tune differently, okay, than the big ones, at least on the Bavarian Demon. That has been a, my experience. And so I've had to rethink my tuning algorithm, if you will. I've got my own little way that I've developed over the years on the BD. How do I start off and get from maiden to a fully tuned heli? And for the chase, it was a little bit different. 
And for the 380, it is also a little bit different, and I'm sort of adapting it and evolving it. Uh, and it's all good. I'm not running into any issues whatsoever. I don't have any weird wobbles. There's no funky noises. It doesn't look like it's going to fall out of the sky. Um, but what I've realized is on these smaller models, I tend to want to run higher initial response on the sticks, mm-hmm. higher agility <laughs> overall, and more collective than I would on an equivalent 700 yeah, yeah. <laughs> or 750. Yep. And it's not because I feel like I need to beat the crap out of it because it's a tiny heli. That's just where it tunes to feel right for me. Yeah. And so that's cool. It's something I got to get used to, but I'm up at about 13 and a half. I didn't check. It's somewhere between 13 and a half and 14 on collective at 3000 RPM. I get five solid minutes and it's great. Wow. Nice. It is visible as hell. Nick. Another one. And I'm saying Nick, because I know you've got, Two of them, two bigger versions, yeah, sitting in your uh, trailer right now, and the new Canamod yellow paint oh is blinding. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, especially like reflecting off the LED lights and the white walls in the trailer. You <laughs> open the door and look to the left, and it's like, ah, looking in there. Nick's got sunglasses yeah. on. <laughs> I just got abused by one of those uh, the road workers vests. That's what it feels like. Yeah, <laughs> I got visually abused in my eyeballs. <laughs> exactly. But I, I'm having a lot of fun with the 380. It's definitely here to stay. It's even taken that class for me and kicked it up a further notch. Because I can honestly say I would feel comfortable spending a majority of my time flying that uh, and then my speed helis for practice. Not wow. to say the 770 goes away because uh, you can't replace the 770, but this thing just flies so smoothly and, and confidently and large for its size that it it fills a big gap. Wow. Nice. All right. So moving on simulator been trying to stay on top of that one and i've been getting in i think over the last couple of weeks it's been about an hour to an hour and a half a week so i'm up at 14 hours 35 minutes so slowly slowly creeping along here and kind of revamping the the thought process behind the sim uh Early on in the year, probably the first month or two, I found myself spending all of my sim sessions uh, working on pilot proficiency, and now I'm actually trying to split that somewhat equally between proficiency and actually working on routines. Uh, I think partially because I overloaded myself with the proficiency program, if that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And I felt like I needed to kind of peel it back a little bit and get back to just having a little fun and throwing it around. And same thing with flying, actually, for the record. Very fair. I did not. Did I buy anything? Let me think here in the last two weeks. Oh, I am now the proud owner of a new set of Scorpion tools. Yay. <laughs> nice. About time. Yeah. Welcome to the rest of the world. Yeah. 
I'm super excited. They are, man, dude, they, they are amazing. I got the 1.5 through four millimeter on the hex. And then I got the 5.5, seven and eight millimeter nut drivers, which I think is all I need. You know, I went back and forth on the screwdrivers, but I don't use screwdrivers all that much. Do you guys have the screwdrivers? Oh yeah, the I do not. I have the, the remember my favorite the five millimeter Phillips. Yeah, yeah, but you oh, don't really yeah, use them to build comment. helis. Yeah, dude, right. I use them to <laughs> freaking set zero pitch. Oh yeah, that's and then right. that not, that not flat actually screw is, uh, screws. Like, yeah, that flat <laughs> that flathead will peel anything with double sided tape off. Oh, Let me geez. tell you what. Oh yeah. Well, I'm serious because it's really strong. Like you're not gonna bend it. You can. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, might rip apart the frame off the side of the heli, but you're not going to bend it. You're also using it to do carpentry (laughs) around the house. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. My screwdriver's fine. I got a hole in my frame, but screwdriver's good. You go to to Nick's garage where he works, and there's a whole chest filled with snap-on tools, and then one drawer that only contains the Scorpion screwdriver set. That's right. (laughs) Dude, I love them. Nah, they're great. I do wish they made a regular number two Phillips the next size like, down. Hobby sized. Yep. And a number one probably. I, wonder I, I wish why they, they would. You think they did that for cars? Like do what? RC cars have like. Uh, they're still smaller. The Gigantor Phillips screws. <laughs> I, I don't know. But you know what I did? Um, I went ahead and got a four millimeter as well because they had came out with that since I last since I got mine. Which is great for guys flying seven hundred. Did you oh. get yours yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. It's a, it's a, it's like a work of art. I think, yeah. I, I think I told Nick over the phone, dude. I just want to lick the four millimeter driver. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> not, not having to mess with a regular Allen driver for blade bolts is, is oh yeah, in a whole different mm-hmm. class. And then you know what I noticed when I went on there, dude? They have a. Tap and dies in saw the that. driver. That's style. new, dude. Yeah. I didn't even see that. Tap and dies. You know how cool that is? That now, is cool. I would probably only get, like, I don't foresee really using a die so much mm. because put a new screw, get a new screw, right? Yeah. <laughs> new rod, new, yeah. Yeah, but. Um, oh, dude, I'm all over the die. The tap. Uh, a one and a half and a two millimeter tap, uh, or one and a half, two, and a probably no, no, yeah, one and a half and two, three, yeah. But what's the actual bolt size? Three. So our normal yeah, bolt M3, size is a two. M two point five M two. Yeah, are the ones that I use. A two, yeah. But those taps would be great for you know frame, uh, like frame spacers and uh, see i already have my own tap set that i carry around so do i and i just use a like my older hex drivers before i got the scorpion are the little red handled uh what are they called like dynamite or duratrax or i don't know what the hell it's called anyway it's like a knurled red aluminum anodized thing and i just popped one of the drivers out of that and use use the handle to do the... You know, that's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, I've, I've done the same exact thing because I have a tap and die set with just all the inserts for the dies and yeah, just mm-hmm. pop them in the handles. Hmm. And I use them all the time. Well, that's 
Probably because you cross-thread a lot of shit. <laughs> no, no, but, well, um, <laughs> I, I will admit now that it's gone and done with that I probably tapped one of every hole in the chase at one point on certain parts <laughs> that I then had to get rid of because they were POSs, but. Wow. Okay. Carry on. No, I, you know what? I think that's about. I don't want to uh, tap you out of things to talk about. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the highlights. The only other major thing. Because if we did, then you might die. (laughs) The only major thing other than that was that I did get my uh, 14S packs in. I have not had an opportunity Bricks of gold. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're they're about that. You're right, Jesse. (laughs) Haven't wired them up and broken them in yet. But they are sitting on the bench waiting. One will go to the Diablo nice. Speed and one will go to the TDR. Yeah, you better start flying that Diablo Speed. To live speed. a short life. Yes. Oh, Poor batteries. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Nick. Uh, it does get me a little nervous. I do need to get more speed practice in, but I've got to get into the routine. Like, I, I feel like we're still on the fringe of spring mm-hmm. here in Seattle. Where like the weather's good enough to get out have when some I glimpses. need to, right? But it's not consistent enough to the point where I can say, okay, every Saturday from eight to noon, I'm going to be out speed flying. Do you wish there was a fly barless system that could make you throw down like a pro? Well, now there is. The Spartan Vortex Fly Barless System is offering some of the most advanced features seen on the market today making sure that you'll be flying like a pro in no time. So what are you waiting for? Go and get your Vortex Flybarless system today. Results may vary based on pitch, response time, age, head speed, brand of heli, time of the year, crash budget, number of friends cheering you on, size of helicopter, temperature, wind, servos, weight of heli, willingness to take risks. Check out www.spartan-rc.com for more information. Uh, what's been going on, Mike? What's been going on? Um, well, you didn't miss much last week because, well, I wouldn't have been here anyways. I did not get a partake in the episode. But, you know, since it never came out anyways, it sounds like I didn't miss a whole lot. I thought he was, uh, I swore he was going to say I didn't get to partake in the epic fail. In the epic <laughs> I thought he was going to say awesomeness, so apparently we are not on the same. No, yeah, you guys are aligned. Th- those are very <laughs> different ends of the spectrum. No, so before last week, yeah, not not a whole lot of you know typical bad weather. What? Not a whole lot of flying going on before last week. So this past week, being like the last five days, um, it was actually a pretty solid week. So. I'll start off with, I had a bunch of stuff just digging through some drawers and I'm like, you know what? It's time to like list some heli stuff. There's no sense in electronics and whatnot just sitting here. Might as well get some money for them, kind of get the heli funds flowing again. So I did sell some stuff last week, sold a set of servos and a couple motors. Nice. Just clean it, you know, kind of digging through the drawers, finding those little treasures that Honestly, you kind of forgot we're in there, really. I was like, oh, where'd this come from? <laughs> and so listed those up, got some, got a little bit of cash flow going. Um, so with that, I, I have not spent any of it yet, but I do foresee a bye week 
coming up. Got to buy something because now you know you got this cash just burning a hole in your pocket. Heck yeah. Oh yeah, dude. And so something in the next couple of weeks will be purchased. Can I make a, a prediction? Bit, you can. You could probably make a prediction. Batteries. Uh no no you're not, you were not in the not, same boat as Nick and I were well I I'm right on the edge I'm like tech technically yes I should definitely probably buy batteries he's in denial Nick I'm de- <laughs> I have I have one set where I'm like oh these are garbage keep flying them but they're garbage yeah. <laughs> I mean I'll yeah I'll straight up show you the pack and say these are garbage and then you'll watch me put them in my heli go up to the flight line and fly <laughs> <up>. <laughs> and you're like wow why is the head speed dropping so much no and i but two of my packs are definitely flyable brand new heck no not by any means brand new but flyable at this point in time um I, i'm kind of leaning you know had my eye on something slightly different than batteries so what are you gonna but, tell us or what Next week. Oh, God. Come on. No, I'm, I'm probably going to get the Kronos upgrade kit. boy. Oh, nice. I mean, so sort of like a new heli, sort of not. Insert uh, about damn time joke. Yeah, no no kidding. It's, it's been a while. It's been out for a while, but I will. Yeah. Can't, can't wait to get my hands on. Revision on. two at this point, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe I should hold off now that you say that. I would be uh, careful. So. Yeah. I yeah, would it's never at least hold time for, for like a new canopy color. <laughs> yeah. No, so hopefully we get in that soon, quickly. On a side note, though, and this is kind of heli related, kind of not. I did buy something this week. I bought a giant hobby sh- hobby shop store place to work on my helis. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I might have like bought a house last weekend. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So super congrats, pumped about congrats, that. dude. And so that's yeah, a Kayla big step. I, I'm is. a big kid now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, getting married, couple months. Next one's gonna be. He's gonna come and tell us he can pee standing up. <laughs> no, I st- well, I can, but I still have to use Cheerios in the, <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I just don't know where to aim. <laughs> it's, pew, it's, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, it gets really confusing. I have that same problem. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, you throw the chairs in there, all good to go. No, so super pumped about that. It's a brand new house, so it won't be done until right about the same time as the wedding. But, man, I've already got a lot of ideas uh, going through my head about hobby room, claiming the garage, putting workbench up. Oh, uh, you haven't gone through those negotiations yet? I won. Oh, you did. Okay. What do you wait? What do you mean? What negotiations? I mean, you. It sounds to me like the crank is still turning up there on exactly where you will be allowed to deal with helis. Mo- when I'm I would have pre- gone into it, been like, <laughs> "This is the house we're gonna get," and here's the heli room. <laughs> if I get this area for the helis, <laughs> no, it it does have an office, so you know, great place to record, set up the computer, printer, whatnot. But I'm actually really like being out in the garage for the heli room, build a nice big workbench mm-hmm. and uh, kind of, and that's where, that's what you do, right, Justin? You're, that's exactly how I'm yeah, set your garage up. Is sl- garage slash heli room. So yeah, I just, I really seem to like that idea so I can just, yeah, foresee hanging the helis up on the wall, building some nice big workbenches with all shelves underneath and basically make, you know, making a huge hobby room. 
Nice. Yeah, so that will be awesome. And we're both really excited about that. Like you said, huge step. And now it's just a waiting game. So when do you think the move-in date is? Uh, We're set to close May 15th. And then the wedding is the following Saturday. Okay. Um, And so right now, we actually just met with the builder today. And we're at the point now picking out you know, floor colors, cabinets, all the in, you know, inside trim, paint nice. colors and whatnot. Wow. And so, yeah, we're about, he thinks, yeah, 55 days out from the house being completely turnkey, ready to move in. Yeah, it's coming quick. It's moving right along. Now, that brings me to today. So, like Justin, I also did not have to work today. Huge benefit of working the, uh, for myself, the 410 schedule, so... I almost get every Friday off unless there's some kind of oddball thing going on at work where I need to go in and get in a few more hours just to get some projects finished up over the weekend. But did not have to work today and made it out to the field about 9.30 this morning. It was a really, really good day out at the field. It was one of those days where there was zero pressure. You didn't feel rushed, stressed. You just kind of go out there and you're like, you know what? I don't know what time I'm going home. And honestly, it doesn't really matter. Uh. You know, I'm just, I'm just sitting out here and I'm at the field. This is, this is what I'm doing today. Oh, flying. I would, <laughs> I would give a testy to have just one day like that, man. <laughs> you know, well, and I, could, I, I unfortunately can't relate today, Jesse, because I had to work earlier in the morning. I went in, but brought mm-hmm. my heli stuff and I oh, got okay. kicked off my freaking field. Oh, really? I, w- I went to 60 Acres because it's across the street from work. And they came over and said, you can't use the field. No, we, we <laughs> don't want any, not even low impact use. So apparently me standing in a puddle of mud watching a <laughs> freaking 380 fly around <laughs> is jeopardizing hey, the quality of their grass. You could crash that thing and put a divot. Yep. Anyway, but yeah, I hear you, dude. That's awesome. So it, was yeah, it so- just you at the field? It, it was just me at the field, and so completely uninterrupted. And it, I was just you know taking my time. Flew. I think I stayed out there till two thirty, three o'clock. Um, and it was it was awesome. In between every single flight, I'd come back to my truck, set the heli down, plug in the V bar, take some time, and I really revisited, just kind of tuned it from the ground up. And if you remember back a couple weeks, um, I was having that tail issue with my seven HV. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm here. I got the time. Let's swap the V-bars out. So pulled the V-bar off the warp, threw it on the 7HV. Unfortunately, didn't really make much of a difference. Still did it. Oh. not a, So not a V-bar issue, which is good. It's good and bad. You know, it, it eliminates the V-bar. I don't need to go out and spend a couple hundred bucks on a flybarless system that I already have because, you know, I'd put the same thing right back on it. Interesting. Um, and so from that respect, it's good. Honestly, I went back through and I was spending a lot of time uh, tune in the tail and it it seems really odd to me but i almost want to say that that maneuver just must be harder on the tail than how i'm doing my right aileron loops um because i just started using that as a judgment instead of the right aileron loops and tuned my you know put my pni gain at 75 75 right around there mm-hmm. and then started tuning my main gain based on kind of when it started wagging and that full negative maneuver and it ended up being a little bit lower but i mean hey it it got rid of it um and then just did some minor tweaking on the stop gains and the pre-comp and 
you know, the tail's holding great. It feels you can you can kind of tell, you know, when the when the gain's a little bit low, it just feels a little loose and not quite as tight and dialed. But I don't get that feeling at all from having the gain a touch lower. So it's still holding great through all the maneuvers, and that that uh, tendency seems to be gone. And so, from that regards, uh, I'd, I'd say it was a success. Even though the oh. V bar, you know, didn't fix it instantly. What maneuver is this again? I mean, I know we were talking about a negative collective. Yeah. So basically, it's it's not just a straight like negative collective. It, it when the gain's way too high, if I just you know do like a tail stand and mm-hmm. push full negative, it will do it. But what's what seems to be, I guess, a little bit harder on the tail is I'll kind of do like a half Mobius. So you're coming around on your left, inverted the tail towards you. And then you pull back elevator and roll the aileron and you flip the helicopter over to upright while holding, I don't know, not full negative, oh, yeah. but no, pretty, I hear pretty dang close to full negative to kind of push I it across it the, the field. I do it on the opposite side because you're pirouetting right. Yeah, exactly. So then, then you push the heli across the field while doing that. And that's right where the tail just seems to... That's weird. Kind of wag, start out small and then increase, but... Um. Well, you fixed it. So whether that's a sol- solution or not, I, I can't find anything mechanical. I tried a different V bar. I've tried two tail servos. Um. So I'm just gonna mark this one up to a a tune, I guess, for now. Hmm. But the I guess the main takeaway is it's not doing it right now, and it's flying good. So <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So I'll I'll take it. Leave it alone. Exactly. Just keep flying it. Now, another great thing was, you know, right when I got out to the field this morning, it was really thick air, dense, a little bit foggy, and just kind of, I guess, muggy, you would call it. And man, did the nitro just nitro, love baby. that air. It's like the the exhaust from the nitro was just hanging on the ground and it's 10 in the morning. It, yeah, it was unreal. So a great day flying the N7. Probably went through three quarters of a gallon of fuel, which it's been quite a while since I've done that in one shot. Um, another thing that's interesting is the zeal blades. I decided to go ahead and saw them kicking around. I didn't particularly like the way that they were flying on the seven HV. So I pulled them off and put them on the N seven. And what do you know? A little bit lighter heli and you know, be a nitro. So a little bit, I guess that, yeah, just airframes lighter in general, a little bit less weight. And I actually really liked the way that they flew on the N7. Since they're a little bit wider cord, I did have to turn my collective down just a little bit, went to the V bar settings and turned it down about five points. Um, But honestly, I'm probably going to be leaving them on there. It's just one of those things where the airframe, the weight, the heli, the tune, can all make a huge difference on how the blades fly. What'd you have on there before? I had the compass blades on there before. Oh, wow, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say right on equivalent, if not just a touch better on that. So on that two heli. completely different airframes with opposite results. Yeah, very, not, I mean, very I don't different. think surprisingly, it, it makes sense what you're saying, but that's pretty neat. That just goes so, to show you. You got to try them. Yep. Yeah, you can't just do a little research. Oh, they didn't fly good on that heli. I'm not putting them on mine, but who knows? Hmm. So, 
other than that, I think that about sums up my couple of weeks. What about sim time, dude? Oh, what is the sim you speak of? Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what I'm at. Oh. Uh, my, fo- my phone's not around me. Still the same. Oy. Wow. It's not good. All righty. Who, who knows, though? Today might have kickstarted something. Just It was just awesome being out there, wearing shorts at the field. Yeah. Not being cold, not having the wind blowing in your face. Working and looking outside. Did you get a <laughs> did you even get so much as a text message from him, Nick? No. He never does. See, he so just goes let's out let's there. illustrate a difference between you and I and I didn't him. want to rub it in. When you and I get out to the field for longer than like flying at lunchtime, we're like texting back and forth and calling each other like schoolgirls. Jesse gets out there and he just lets it slide. I'm like, don't bug me. At the field. Just when you thought that the guys at Soco Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soco Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the Soco Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. Available in stores soon for Android and Apple devices, this new mobile software will do everything that your original SoCo kit did, but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy to use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your heli setup, visit the SoCo team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out. SoCo Heli Tools, next generation setup. All right, Nick. What have you been up to, dude? Um, oh man. You guys are going to hate me. Because I have hanging on my wall in the trailer a trioblin. Oh, no. That didn't take long. In addition to the first Goblin 700. Dude. I am. Fanboy. (laughs) He also has one less kidney. Jesse. Yes. Yes. No, I am just, I I can't even put it into words how humbled and I'm just, I'm happy, man. I mean, I I feel so, just so lucky, so fortunate uh, to be able to, you know, to be going into this year, um, working with some, some great companies and that really believe in me and what I'm doing and I, you know, I believe in them and what they're doing, and it's just worked out really good. And the refleet is one maiden away from complete. Nice. That's got to feel good. It does. You know, the seven hundred. Wow. I mean, just wow. I, I kind of have to go back through and rethink how and what I thought because I, I don't. You know, it's definitely heavier. Uh, than the Raptors, 
But so I just automatically went up in head speed and I kind of took a different approach with these. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm doing pretty much all new helis. So screw the numbers. Just fly what feels right. You know what I mean? Fly what feels right. Don't worry about what head speed it ends up at, what flight time it ends up at. Just go out there and disregard that and just fly it till you like the way that it flies. And I got to tell you, 13 and a half on the collective at 2050 on the 700 competition is awesome. Very awesome. It tunes amazing there. You can just hammer on it. And it it just, it, it really tunes well right there. Now, I haven't, tr- I did fly it at 1950. While it still flies great, you can just tell it, it locks in way better at 2050. Uh, I might try and sneak it down a little bit. It would be nice to get some flight time back. I've got my timer set at four minutes right now. Ooh. But I was, I mean, I was uh, using... I was making sure that my uh, the potentiometer or the gimbals in my radio were not getting dusty at the ends. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun flying it. Uh, so let's see. Yeah, that one's up and going, which is going great. I've got a 21-tooth tail pulley that I installed today, actually, in the 570. I'm going to try that, which uh, for those who don't know, that's a speed-up gear. I'm... I have pretty much kind of settled right at about 2350 on the head on that. I enjoy it. It's very, I'm not going to call it, it's very responsive. The cyclic is just unlike any heli I've flown. It, it completely, you know how Justin, like you were saying, you you have your normal things that you go with in the Bavarian Demon. Mm-hmm. And you had to kind of rethink it. Well, I don't know what the hell it is with that helicopter, but it is completely not normal. It has so much cyclic response that I am way lower than anything I've ever done. On oh, any wow. Other okay. Yeah. Like, you know, I usually fly in the V bar. I usually fly with my agility at like a hundred or 102. I'm at 90. And yeah, Jesse, that's a you pretty know, that's big, huge. That's oh, yeah. a pretty big delta. That's a. I always fly like down at sixty on the style slider, so you know, much more of a flowy, vivid. Right, I'm back up to seventy now. Uh, I even took hmm. ten points of paddle sim out. Hmm. I mean, this thing is just—it is crazy fast on the cyclic. So. Um, you know, and I might feed a little bit of that back in, but I'm, I just love the way that it flies. My only complaints were that it it was a little bit because I'm not flying it at 26, 27 or wherever all these crazy people fly it at. (laughs) You could tell that I needed to speed up the tail a little bit, but you know, that's kind of one of the bigger advantages with all of these models is that you can really kind of pick and choose your tail gear ratios. I, now that I'm getting into, you know, really tuning them all the different sizes a lot more, my God, what a vast, what a huge spectrum of options you have. I mean, you can pretty much set them up exactly however you want to do it. Yeah, they did do a really good job on that. 
So, yeah, that one's getting a speed up. I will fly it again tomorrow. Um, Yeah, so I have the, uh, boy, well, let's see. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I did crash the 500. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah, 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 right. This was, this wasn't this week, though, right? Nope, this was the nope. previous week. It was the previous week. Uh, not my doing. Mm. In a little more research, I found out through some V-bar logs that I had a full-on reboot. <laughs> Warm start, <laughs> and I even saw some cold starts in there. Yeah, there was at least one cold start that I counted. Which, let me tell you, if <laughs> having your V-bar reset in midair... Which is weird because it will reset. It'll warm start and it'll do one huge big glitch and kind of like freak out for a second. But it will keep flying. Like it'll catch itself. Unfortunately, this if time it's when far it, enough from the ground when it happens. Exactly. This time when it happened, I was low. I mean, about three feet and inverted and digging into the, the negative getting ready to kind of punch out and it just, I mean, the tail swung, the cyclic twitched. And at that point it wasn't super far away from me. I decided, okay, I'm just going to give it some forward elevator to try and flip it back over and hit throttle hold. It just wasn't worth it from a safety aspect. I didn't have Mm -hmm. that, that room to make a decision. You know what I mean? Um, so it did go in not too bad. The blade, the worst thing is one blade swung around and just just decked the boom. I mean, right in the flat spot on the side, which is like that one magic spot to completely cavitate it. Chop <laughs> a it cup. right in half. Yeah, you can ding <laughs> it off the top all day long. I mean, and off the bottom of the boom. But if you happen to get the tip of the blade right in the middle of the side of the boom, it, it just folds. Uh, but actually, that was it, though. I mean, boom blades and uh a couple servo horns and the tail rod yeah that's not bad in the grand scheme of things no it wasn't and you need to get that crap fixed dude i do and and so we you know i actually spent a fair amount of time checking this out so this one is uh it's on a talon 90 i am using the internal talon bec set at eight volts it's going into a mini V, which is all kind of uh, now. It's kind of a disaster. I mean, really, when you want to, uh, we found a bunch of errors for low voltage, which kind of goes back to what I found before. I mean, this is the V bar was definitely resetting because the voltage dropped. Now, that leaves a couple variables here. It could be the Talon BEC simply can't keep up. Um, it could be that the V-bar busing, the voltage drop on the busing is just that bad. It's really hard to say, and it happens so quickly. It's it's obviously spikes that are doing this, not anything super consistent. It would require uh, actually kind of building some test equipment, <laughs> grabbing an O-scope, uh, which is all a possibility. 
but I'm not quite sure I'm into putting that much time into it. So what I am going to do, I've never been overly keen on the Talon 90 in there. I don't like that I um, have to run the external sensor with it. And on top of that, it doesn't have logging. So it's just kind of like, meh. Um, I think after talking with Justin and a couple other people, the Hobby Wing. Yeah, dude. Low voltage one. Yep. Has, I mean, ju- Justin, I know you and I talked about it. You said go for it. The BEC is really good in there. And then after that, I've had two other people tell me that they are just raging. These new, the new version of Hobby Wings are a whole different level. Oh, yeah, dude. Hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I I'm, even I'm had- running the 50 amp on my 380. And before that, it was in the chase. It is see, a great little speed controller. I've even had people tell me that the governor is amazing. The governor is really good. The The ESC governor, in my opinion, is probably one of the better ones out there. Wow. Well, so I think what I'm just going to do, since I'm at that point where effort willingness to put into it is low, and but I got to change something. So absolute must, I need to wire it like I wire all the rest of my mini V-bars, which this one was not because, you know, coming out of the BEC, single line right into the, um, how did I have this one wired? Uh, Just right into the V-bar. I'm going to go ahead and mount the receiver up top by the mini V and put my servo powers into there like I do all the rest of them that I've had, Mm -hmm. I mean, flawless luck on all my 700s doing it that way Mm -hmm. so it'll get rewired like that and i think i'm gonna go ahead and pick up that hobby wing 100 and then at that point if it does it again i've got a bad mini v which this one was used and it is a definite possibility and you're not out all that much because the the hobby wing 100 amp is only like 80 bucks well and i just feel better about it anyway i i don't that i mean I have been told by a lot of people that, like, really be weary, not so much of the Talon 90, but just the Talon in a Goblin 500. Like, you're just pushing it. Mm-hmm. And I have had numerous shutdowns and, I mean, lots of problems with this setup ever since I got this heli. And it's always been the harder I've flown it, the more symptoms have showed up. So I think it's kind of like, okay, now we need to do it right this time. And then comes the trioblin. Oh, man. I mean, jeez. What a work of art that head is. Uh, that's the first one that I've really seen up close and seen tore apart. It's a Very, pretty damn awesome design, dude. Yeah. That's- I mean, independent. It's like an independent teetering feathering shaft. That's the best way yep. that I it, it, the best way that I can put it. There are pins that go uh, horizontally through the feathering shafts, each of them, and then you secure them down with bolts through the top. You lock those pins in. Uh, And then from there out, it's kind of pretty much just like a normal head. You have the same uh, Delrin dampers with the O-ring on them, you know, your shims and 
Light grips and the whole deal. I really like the swash follower. It's a two-arm swash follower, but it goes out into one ball link off of one side. It It's just amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. And I have spent a ton of time doing research on head speeds and really where I think I want to go. I got the triple-bladed tail to, I mean, you know, you're going to do it, right? Oh, my God, dude. Well, I, I told in. you you were. I told you guys were going to hate me for this, but I gotta know. This has been the one thing that we have been that has that I have wanted to know. Yep. You know there yep. there are two things that have been in this hobby. I would say within the last six months that have really piqued my interest. Like they actually caught my attention and held them well. Yep. Triple bladed mm-hmm. head and tail was one, and the V control was the other. So, we're knocking them off the list. Check one off. Yeah, and, and I just you know, I've got to know. I I I can't not if I hear another video or watch another video and hear that sound of the tail, and don't get to experience it in person, it just I couldn't take it anymore. And I want to know if it's <laughs> quote unquote better. I want to know how it performs. I mean, there's not a ton. It seems like there's not a lot of people flying the the triple-bladed heads yet, but a lot of people are curious. And I just kind of want to give it a real honest, yes, no, this is worth it. No, it's not. It's a novelty and or, wow, the performance is great but I'm sacrificing this or, I mean, we just don't know. So screw it. I'm not ready yet to commit both. That's why I really want to keep one as a two blade setup because I want to be able to fly them back to back. I love doing that with the Raptors, being able to compare something on two of the same model. Yeah. Right next true. To each other. True. Yeah. Well, that's that the most accurate sense. way. To yeah. That's them. the way to really, really. do it. Yeah. So I am excited, just excited, happy, no complaints. Nice, dude. Simmons, Sweet. I've been Simmons. I'm up almost at eleven hours, so I'm catching back up. Nice. Been, sp- been spending the rainy lunch times, Simmons at work, which seems to work out. Oh, there you good. go. Um, flights. Yeah, I did get in some last weekend and the weekend before. I've been, you know, as much as our weather could, and I. I swear to God, it's it's nice on Thursday, nice on Friday, <laughs> rainy on Saturday. It's just, I need that day that Jesse had because I am starting to get pissy about it. I'm with you. It'll change I'm about you. at the same point, Nick. Yeah. I mean, I, I just. You're, you're completely right about the weather, though, because I'm looking outside right now, and yeah. it's freaking dumping rain. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, like it's pouring hard right now. And it's because, you know, tomorrow's Saturday. Oh yeah. Yep. So I don't know, but I really do need one of those. I'm I'm tired of I feel like it's just a cock tease, you know? I feel like every weekend is just oh here's here's four flights or five flights in uh a a little teeny bit of a 
sporadic drizzle and overcast and windy and cold. So you got out, you did get four or five in. I'm still loving the flying that I'm getting, but I'm officially wanting more. <laughs> so give it to me. We're going to get there. Don't worry. So I bought. I got my buy. Oh, man. <laughs> you got your buy. You got your fly. You got some sim. Yeah. Nice. Complete week. Yep. I'll take it. I will take it. All right. Well, should we do some news? Let's do news. Do it. I've finally gotten around to bringing my charging setup into the world of current technology, and wow, what can I say? From the powerful and feature-rich Dual PowerLab 8 charger to Progressive's unique and infinitely adaptable modular parallel balance board systems, I now feel like I can charge my entire fleet of packs from just two ports and a few charge leads. So why mess around with that old and busted charger or its accessories? Follow my lead, head over to ProgressiveRC.com and have a look at the multitude of chargers, power supplies, accessories, turnkey charging systems, and even batteries. If you're not sure what to buy or have a question about how to design your custom system, then go ahead and give the PRC team a call at 443-BATTERY and they'll get you squared away in no time. Thank you, Justin. Call the PRC team at 443-228-8379. ProgressiveRC.com. Bringing charging power to a heli near you. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. All right, what do we got? All right, Soko. We have an update here for the Soko Heli Toolbox, version 1.3. A brand new version of the mobile app. They've added support. Yay! Support for three-bladed rotor heads. Woohoo! Just in time, huh? That's Sweet. right. How convenient. Uh, Thanks, Andy. Yeah. In addition, they revised the tutorial to make sure um, the difference between the black and the blue ball. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, Andy, thank you. You just made my day. To make sure the difference between the black and the blue ball is absolutely clear. Uh, they fixed the occasional freezing issue. Um, on iOS and added other small improvements in the software. Uh, Android version 1.3 is probably out right about now um, because, again, we're a little bit late on this update, missing last week. So, yeah, if you guys uh, have it, get it updated. If not, give it a shot. Really cool, unique way of doing this. I'm actually going to, at, right after we record, go right out and work on, um, I'm going to use this on the Trioblin and give it a shot. So I'm, I'm excited. But it's, it's a really cool concept and nice to be able to not have that swash leveler with you. Let's see. What is next? Hey, XFC. Justin, you're going to go, right, if they do the Speed Cup? I would love to if they do the Speed Cup. Haven't heard nice. anything yet, though. Well, 
We have the pilots list. The ones who made it. So, in the helicopter category from Canada, Colin Bell. Justin Cook, congratulations, dude, man. Woo. Nice yeah, job. Yeah, dude. Well deserved. Yes, from the USA, James Haley from the USA, AJ Jaffe, USA, Mitch Morosis from the USA. Whistling Years made it. Oh, yeah. Can you believe that shit? Dude, Kenny. Uh, Congratulations. For those new listeners, Kenny McDonald is somewhat local to us. Uh, You know, he's a kick in the pants. He, (laughs) if there's any man that that goes out there and flies, and as we say at work, uh, bleep this one out, cover your ears, little kids. He gives no fucks when he flies. He oh, just yeah, goes dude. out there and hangs it out. He leaves it all on the field. That's right. So congratulations, Kenny. I know it's been something he's been uh, really working towards. Oh, yeah. Jeff Pfeiffer from the USA. Will Ramirez from Puerto Rico. William Ramsey from the USA. Jamie Robertson, of course. And a cool little guy that I got to meet for the first time at OHB, Tal yeah. Roglic. Congratulations, Tal, from Israel. Ryan Sams, my man Kyle Stacy from the USA, and Ben Storick from the USA. Nice. Sweet. Congratulations to those of you who made it. And Uh, there are still last-minute auditions on site, right? Yes, that is correct. Just in case. What do you think, Jesse? Uh, not this year. No? You know, nah, just start practicing for next year. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> I'm practicing for the 2030. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. When they when they add a old balls uh, category. Yeah, I'm, we're just dude, waiting I'm for that no, next Nick, class. You just show up and do the flipping auto rotation. You don't have to do anything else. It's all I got. In, yeah. Hover, hover, flipping auto. Well, no, you know what you, you could do? Much. Just go out there. And just crash right away and be like, ah, dang it. I really had a shot. You don't yeah, know what dude, you, you just got, missed. You don't know how lucky you are. It was you a mechanical failure. I was about to throw down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, maybe next year. And unfortunately, <laughs> in the crash, I also threw my transmitter. And so even if you give me a heli, I'm not yeah. going to be able to make I'm it out. work. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Wow. All right. Uh, big congratulations <laughs> to Duncan Bossian for winning Rotor Live 2015. He's on a roll. Oh, yeah, dude. Got to give it yeah. to him. He's on a roll. That I don't know. He's carrying a lot of momentum hard. into this year. Yeah. that it, It's, you know, I've noticed some, I'm noticing some repetition in his flights. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm just I'm I'm picking up on the trends now and I'm wondering if that's going to it's just a different flying style, you know? And it uh, I'm I don't want to take away any from the fact that the kid's an amazing pilot. Um but it's not my preference on style. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. I yeah. I really prefer the creativity you know what I mean? Like the, I, I just keep thinking of like watching Maxwell fly. He uh, he'll throw stuff in there, and you're like, what the? 
Replay. Wait, wait yeah, wait. <laughs> Replay, please. But Dunk, Duncan flies with this aggression and just confidence that can't be reproduced. Well, the I mean, uh, one one sign of that, the open loop pirouetting uh, funnels, mm-hmm. you know, where he turns the the control loop on the tail off on the beast X <laughs> and just let it lets it <laughs> spin like crazy. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I hear you. I, the the kid has got just raw talent. It's not my personal favorite style of flying. Um, I, I'm more of a. Who did you say? I said Maxwell. Maxwell, you know, Maxwell can fly super hard too. I like Maxwell, but I'm gonna go with Bobby Watts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, the one thing I always like about Duncan, though, is the control right on the deck. Oh, like how yeah. much he oh. plays, like how much how much he plays with the ground, and even bounces the skids off. Just you know, flying his absolute hardest, and then just bouncing the skids lightly. You're going, holy smokes! If I tried that, that whole hell is going to be eaten. Yeah, by the and dirt. there's you know, <laughs> it's man. I see both sides to that because like it's amazing when he nails it with the control. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think he's shy on his fair share of crashes. Oh, I would I mean, agree with <laughs> I that. I think the man rotates through some parts pretty fast, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Whereas you yep. get someone like, okay, like Kyle Stacy, right? Uber consistent. I mean, yeah, it's not two inches off the ground, but the maneuvers are very clean and they're consistent. Like, he's going to go out there and put a flight and pull it through beginning to the end. I and don't not know, bring it dude. Back. Kyle was Kyle was pushing it at OHB, and he actually oh, no, no, did no. crash it, didn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He crashed the three okay. blade. Well, I'm thinking. How about broader picture? Not just not just at OHB, but yeah, it's just the different flying styles, and I think there's a. I would really like to see Duncan do like a like a competition like a 3D master style stuff. Because mm-hmm. I think usually when we see him, it's more demo mode. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of three, four over speeds of flight, going to do the same things that makes everybody in the crowd go crazy, but it's not the most technical. Yeah. But anyway, congratulations, Duncan. Well deserved. That's all I have for news, but I see one more up here. Yeah, I got one, and it kind of follows along with what you had brought up in your section earlier, and that is that Agile 7.2 is now coming out with a three-bladed head. I guess, actually, it's KDS is coming out with a three-bladed head for the 7.2. But nonetheless, KDS is uh, following the footsteps of some of the other brands out there, and uh, this one's going to come available here pretty soon. It looks really awesome. I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the original two-blade head on the 7.2, but it's the black anodize with some, you know, beveling on the the edges so that it shows just the bare polished aluminum, and then it's mm-hmm. got red bits here and there. It's really sharp looking. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, hey, this has got to be the year of the three-bladed <laughs> rotor. 
head, tail, I mean, name it wherever you can stick an extra blade. And I, I, the cool part is I don't think, I think it's still very new and uncharted. Like there's no givens with it. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be really cool to see the different, the direction that different companies go, who sticks with it, who doesn't, you know, is it going to be like the, is it going to be as big as the switch from fly bar to fly barless? I mean, it could, I guess. That or what about like the whole DFC head thing? Yeah. Yeah, you that's know. a good point. That whole kind of trend. Yep. Is it just going to be a trend that goes away? I don't know, but you know what? I'm going to ride that train and find out. Cool. That's well, all I got. Jesse. Alrighty. Anything, dude? No compass news? No compass news. <sighs> dude, we, you get like one a year, man. It's not that day. Yeah. Not that week. Yeah. Okay. Well, do it. Oh, am I? Uh, uh, you you took us in. your part right <laughs> here. Way to not make it awkward. Yeah, I was. I wasn't. Uh, wasn't following there. All right. <laughs> this week's news was brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Having a trailer full of new helis isn't anything to complain about, but we're still talking about the same old dumb thumbing triple sow cow and Charlie Chaplin autoing pilot behind the sticks. Now, I'm not exactly easy on my helis, and when I need parts, I need them fast. This is where Lower Heli comes to the rescue. With a great variety of my personal favorite heli parts and batteries, no matter how bad the crash, I'm sure to be able to get right back in the air to do it all over again. Fly lower at www.lowerheli.com. It's build time. We like to build stuff. I'm tired of building stuff. I was going to say, dude, <laughs> yeah, I, gonna... I, I don't know how you can say you like building stuff at this point. No, I love building stuff. It's awesome. Uh, I do like building, but let's talk a little bit about building because there has been a schload of building going on by some of us, some maybe more than others, some maybe not so much, but we've been doing our fair share of wrenching, whether it be new building or tearing apart or maintenance or whatever. So I kind of wanted to find out how, you know, how do we build how do we build differently how do i build differently than justin does versus jesse and you know how do you guys build do you have weird little quirky things that you do is it an absolute goddamn disaster or is it uh like our good friend chris treby and like an absolute ocd showcase (laughs) so And Chris just chuckled. Yeah, you know it, Chris, too. You know it. I've seen your pre-build table, and uh, it just makes me want to knock it over. How about that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You just feel like you want to walk by and spill some coffee on it. (laughs) So first, I don't know if you guys do this, but I admit, I mean, hey, I'm a child. I'm a 35-year-old child. When that 
when that kit shows up, I can't get that box open fast enough. And I don't care about anything in there, but I go straight to that canopy. Yes. I'm going to pull that out. (laughs) I am going to just manhandle it and hold it up into the light and look away, you know, hold it up out far and imagine what it's going to look like. Like that can fly it around a little bit. There's no shortage of molestation that occurs <laughs> when that box oh, first yeah. comes open on the canopy. I agree completely. The least important part, the least important technical part of the whole helicopter, and I'm obsessed with it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it has to be, dude. And then you, what, you know, if it's a completely new heli that you've never, you know, new brand, new size. Then after you've you're done checking it out in the light, you go and bring that canopy around to each of your other helis in the fleet. <laughs> oh, is right? it bigger? Oh, is it bigger? Is it small? Is it yeah. wider? Is it taller? How does that yellow match with the other yellow? Yeah. And I think it really sets the tone of am I impressed or not? Just kind of right off the get go. Definitely. So do you guys uh kind of <laughs> do you do you kind of diddle through the box or do you not touch <laughs> it? <laughs> Justin, I threw that one in there just for you. Yes, yes. I I do. Uh, I I I like the canopy the most, but the next thing I usually go for is the boom. Because there is something Mm. about the boom. I mean, especially on the the models that have the big, large diameter booms, like the Agile or the Diablo, they've got 30 millimeter plus. Mm -hmm. And I do the same thing. So I'll take it out. I'll kind of get a feel for it in proportion. Sometimes I'll lay that down like on the floor and put the canopy up against one side, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just trying to. It's all in stages. It's like, okay, now I got a better feel. Bring the boom around to the other helis. Maybe grab it by both hands and wave it like a lightsaber. There you go. <laughs> Jesse? I can see that, too. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Do you remember the last time you built anything? <laughs> yeah, dude, the N7. Oh, that's right. Okay. I mean, it's a little while ago, but not like. That's not fair. Way back. Okay, I promise. It's not like seven it's H. Not it's been not like seven two or H three field. years. Yeah. No. 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 So, so do you yeah, do so any I, of that, or I, do you not? No. Ne- next. So after the canopy, I completely agree. Pull the canopy out. You know, do what has to be done to that thing because it's gorgeous most of the time. And then the next part I go for is the head, like the blade grips, and. Yep. Just looking at all the machining and how clean is everything, and what what does the finish look like, and. God, yeah, just I love those, you know, freshly CNC'd machine parts. Um, and then after that, and probably equivalent with the blade grips, would have to be just the carbon fiber side frames because that's really when you get that feel for holy cow, this thing's a lot larger, smaller. You know, just just looking at that side frame, kind of comparing it to your other helis as well. Yeah, just getting a, a good feel for the size. Okay, so now we have uh, we've manhandled it. Maybe it is an immediate, you go right on to building and or you got to get back to it a little bit later. Usually in my case, I can't. I, I have to just get a little bit of a tease and then put it off to the side until <laughs> later at night. But uh, who does anyone read the manual 
first? I, do. I mean, before you start building, does anyone read the manual? Yeah, I I go through the manual for two main reasons. One, I want to see what their thought process was, and okay, maybe they can design a great heli. Can they communicate how to build the thing? I have seen in manuals uh, disasters as well as works of art. So it's a personal interest of mine. But I also go through it because I want to start to get a feel for how they propose to build it, you know, stepwise. Is it the tail first? Is it the head? Uh, And then, you know, kind of plan out my approach once I do get to the point where I'm ready to start ripping bags open. Gotcha. Jesse, what about you? Yeah, not so much. No, I, uh, I, I definitely use the manual, but it's not like a before the build thing. It's like, okay, I'm getting ready to, like you're saying, typically I'll, you know, get the box canopy, pull a couple parts out, put it away. Okay. I got to come back later in a little bit. And then at the time when I'm ready to start building, that's when I'll go ahead and open up the manual and quickly kind of go through it like justin said see their process but not necessarily change i don't know change anything or whatnot but i'll just use it to build the heli not necessarily like a before the build thing as it's going on gotcha i think i'm uh i don't i mean i might flip through it just a little bit but not really and and my my building i I have to say that since there's been anytime I think you build three within a three and a half or four week period, like you learn a lot and you change. And I have Mm -hmm. definitely changed the way that I build in these last three. I'm not going to say drastically, but my organization and the methods that I do, um, I think I've got my efficiency up. A lot. So I go for, um, well, I guess this kind of leads into the next thing. I have taken, SAB's really, really good about hardware bags. You know, labeled bag one, bag two, bag mm-hmm. three. It's like putting together a Lego kit. It's awesome. So I'm getting to the point where I'm taking, I take everything out of the main box. All the hardware bags, I don't pour them out. But I go across and cut all the tops off because I really hate opening Ziploc bags. I know that's weird, but it's just a thing. So I cut them all off but leave the hardware inside there and get my nice row hardware bags over here, get everything very organized and laid out. And then before I can allow the temptation to start, I do grab my frames and start sanding the frames. That's something I did not used to do, but I have done now. Um, I'm also, now do you guys, when you start, do you go in order of the manual or do you build certain parts first or put off certain parts till the end? Oh, I, I got this one. Uh, I always, when possible, set my electronics up first. And I, I think I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago and you guys were like, what? Yeah. Uh, when I when I have electronics lying around and I'm either waiting for the kit or I've just gotten it in, as painful as it can be, especially when that canopy's sitting there staring at you, I will sit down and plug all the servos into the fly barless system, get my receiver bound, 
you know, get the fl- get the servos going in the right direction, uh, get them 90'd with the horns, uh, you know, get a default parameter set in there for the fly barless system, you know, expos and throttle curves set on the on the radio so that it's literally all ready to drop into the airframe when I do get to that step. Because the worst part about the build for me is once you get to the point where it actually looks like a helicopter and you've still got a huge ass list of stuff to do, which that which will include (laughs) electronic setup setup if you didn't do all that ahead of time. That's so fair. that's that's a big yeah. deal for me. Uh, I can't do it. I mean, there's no way I can do that. Do the I electronics? No. Why I not? Bolt, I got to bolt shit together. I'll even take you one further, and you'll go, what? This is a weird one. And I agree, I'm I'm out. I'm very particular about my wiring and and how it's laid out, as a lot of you guys know. So I don't even, I'm I'll like, as we're building, I'll mount my speed controller, but if I feel that it's at all possible, I mount it and wait till the very end, and then while it's on the heli, I solder all of my bullets and stuff on. How about that? Yeah, I, I think I may have done that once or twice before. I I can't remember why. I mean, I'll tip but- the heli up. I've, I've got the heli standing up, you know, I'm... <laughs> It's not the most convenient way to solder bullets. No, it's not, but but the thought of going through all of that, getting it in there, and then having that battery wire being an inch longer than it needs to be to look and fit just right, uh, oh, it's too much. Yeah, see, I do all that on the bench. I I can't, because you just don't know. Oh, I know. You don't know. Yeah, okay, you, but you, you know it. that you don't care. You just, <laughs> no, but oh, but I mean, come on, dude. You're talking about like the input wires on the ESC. Yeah. See, I trim mine. I do as well. <laughs> but it's got to be just right. Yeah, I hear you. You know, uh, if we're talking doing stuff out of order, I'll I'll claim at the I'm the king of that. However, I guarantee you, you guys are going to feel me on this one. How many times have you uh, built the heli up to the point where you got the airframe, right? So you haven't, you haven't attached the boom. You may not have even done the full tail assembly. You got an airframe here. You flip the page in the manual and it says, okay, guys, it's time to build the head or it's time to put the servos in there, or whatever the next step is, and you're like, oh, hell no. (laughs) I've got myself an airframe here. I am like one or two steps away from bolting a boom on there, and then guess what what can I do now? I can put the canopy on. That's right. And before you know it, it's a helicopter. And, right. and and then I always underestimate, oh, it's only one or two steps for the boom. End up building the entire damn boom anyway. <laughs> it's ready to go. Now, yeah. it's stuck on there. I got the canopy going. It's all sexy. And then I realized, dude, you didn't actually put the electronics on, and now it's going to be a bigger pain in the ass because it's a fully <laughs> assembled heli. Yep. Oh, yeah. Now you got the boom in the way. Now you end up taking it all back apart. Oh, man. Every time, though, dude, well, I can't get past it. My entire goal in life, when I have a kit 
on the bench is how do I, in the quickest manner possible, make it look like the final helicopter? <laughs> Well, and it's it's funny because even when you're doing that and you get, let's say, you know, it's usually a couple sessions to build a helicopter. Like when I go to bed, I leave the canopy on. It's like okay, it looks like a heli on yeah. the bench. Yes, I'm, dude. I'm not gonna hang that. I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna hang the canopy up. And right I'm when gonna I have the canopy on this half-built helicopter all night. Yeah, because <laughs> now I'm gonna get back up and and work on it again. So I need to go ahead and do that extra step of installing the canopy to hang it on the shelf to. Take it right back yeah. off in the morning. Yeah. Yep. But God damn it, it looks like a helicopter. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. how I'm leaving it for the you night. You got no yep. grommets in there. You got, you no. got no, nothing else. Oh, yeah, and I'll, I'll go as far as to, like, you know, the head's built up now, but I haven't bolted it onto the main shaft, but I'll slip it on the main shaft. <laughs> right? Give it I a little think spin, I have even close your got, eyes yeah. and imagine. I think I've even gone one step farther and after it's hanging on the wall and I'm sitting back in all the glory of it, you know, it's like, hmm, I'll just, uh, uh, okay, I'll just slide the blade through the bolt. I'll just slide the bolts through the blade hole, through the bolt holes, and, and I'll hang some blades off of it to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's basically a disaster because if I walked by, walked by and bumped it, the bolts would fall out, the blades would fall off, the heads would slide <laughs> off the main shaft. I mean, but hey, yeah. hanging on the wall for this five minutes, I can stand back and say, "Damn, that looks good." Yep, yep, it this, is ritual. I'm pretty proud of myself for the um this last one. I have. Uh, phased into doing all of the things that I don't like to do first. I hate building the head and the tail. I just hate it. Really? Why? I hmm. I think it's greasing the thrust bearings just pisses me oh, off. Oh, yeah, I'm on board with that. I agree. And I can't, you know, I mean, there's no clean way to do it. Let's face nope. it. You're getting your hands yep, dirty. Yeah, you're getting your hands, and then you're getting it all over the brand new head, and then you got to wipe it all down, and... and- and and I think it's just a, I don't know. It's kind of a pain in the ass process. So, um, but, but you're then, worried about getting the head greasy. Like you mean like the external, yeah, portion of the head greasy. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Because it's new. Yeah. And it's sexy. Because I'm being a <laughs> queer. I don't know. Just roll with it, okay? I um, just use rubber gloves, dude. No. Yeah. Dude, that is... What I, so here's the deal. Okay. So I just snipped the corner off your man card. Yeah. What I don't... Well, uh, the reason I do that, I'll tell you why. Because Loctite, right? Doesn't matter. The way I deal with Loctite is I squirt the Loctite down on the <laughs> so actual don't use bench. it. <laughs> on the bench. I don't use it on other people's helis, Jesse. Yeah. But yeah. on my helis, well, that- I squirt it down on the bench. I put the hex screw you know the socket head screw on the end of the hex driver kind of dip it in there spin it around or whatever and then i look how much loctite do i have on the threads oh there's a little too much so then i will use like the tip of my finger or my palm and i'll sort of spin that screw around on my hand to kind of get some of the okay right so that makes sense that's and then where do you wipe the finger off of where do you wipe the finger off at Oh, my pants or my shirt, wherever. I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't give a, gl- a shit but, about that. But the point I'm trying to make is the grease, dude, that stuff stays on for years. And so I'd rather not get it on my <laughs> years? skin. Well, you know, regular years. regular dish soap 
doesn't seem to get through it the first time. Synthetic grease is pretty impressive. Yeah, it it is. is. Yeah, years, Jesse. Years. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You're not hearing me, man. Yeah, I mean, come on now. No, I mean, these these greases aren't quite as aggressive, but we use a grease in the rocket world called Dow Corning 111. That's years. You don't get that (laughs) off. But. So that that's my problem with the grease. And the other the other reason I don't like the thrust bearing portion of it is because inevitably I'm going to get them all greased up and then in an attempt to very carefully put them all together on the in the grip and you know not get grease everywhere so that when I slide the spindle in it doesn't get into the threads, I drop the thrust bearing. And it sticks to my pants or my ass or my <laughs> yeah. shirt or whatever. I guarantee you, I have such impeccable uh, accuracy. I can drop a thrust bearing, and it hit a piece of dog hair ten feet away. Oh yeah, I dude. mean, mm-hmm. guaranteed. Damn thing will come back up off the floor with a freaking mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And then I gotta start all back over again. Yep. It just it pisses me off. And then and then I'll get it all ready. And I'll be like, no matter how hard I try. I cannot manage to seem to get the thrust bearings, all the rest of the bearings, spacers, and all of that on the first time without getting grease inside the feathering shaft, which I then have to clean out, which makes me mad, to get it all tightened up to realize that I forgot a shim. And then oh, I got to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I'm talking I about. I did that on the 380 oh, yeah. build. Yeah. And, and as I realized it, I'm like, oh. No. Yeah, you dirty rot. Now no. I got to do it again. And you know what? Then I just start fondling the canopy. I got to go to my happy <laughs> back, place back to for the a few minutes. Because- put it on the heli. Put <laughs> it on the heli. Yeah, but then I get mad because I get fingerprints from the damn thrust bearing grease all over on the, the canopy. canopy. Yep. No, I had to tell. One thing I did do different this time, I've noticed, like you were talking about time consuming. The mechanics, the actual mechanics of the goblins go together fast. I mean, wow. They really do. But the small bits seem to take up a lot of time. You know, getting the, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, you know, like uh, the canopies and putting all my stickers on and the moose and the little foamy edge stuff, the decals on the skids and the tail fin. So I've actually been, this last one, I did all of those weird little things that I could do in the house. Like, you know, Kim and Auden were in there watching TV, and I just sat there working on the canopy right there, you know, where <laughs> yeah. I wasn't yeah, yeah. out. Yep. And it was really nice to kind of have that go to bolt the skids on and not bolt the skids on first and then be putting the decals and, yeah. you know, trimming this and that. So... I, I did that a little different, and I'm glad that I did it, but I still put the head and tail off till the very end. <laughs> just makes me mad. Building tail rods, I hate building tail rods. Oh, man. Oh, just I all like, the links. I like building tail rods. I think if it involves adhesive or grease. Dude, just I am the interested. master of adhesives when they're not stuck in my nose. I was going to say, coming from the man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I use CA to great benefit in many in many portions of a build. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed 
not to have my drivers roll off the table. Why? Oh, because they're, they're glued stuck. down. Because <laughs> they're glued to the table. Okay, so yeah. that that brings up a, another interesting point. You know, talking about having crap sitting on the table, maybe your Everywhere. glue's lying around, you knock it over trying to get to another parts bag. Do you clean up as you go? Or does your does your bench slowly accumulate it, all of the crap from the previous steps? So no, it, so for me, I find that I'll just get in that mode where you're, you're just in build mode. Tools are flying everywhere. Parts are, you know, getting put together. Stuff's getting thrown together. And then I finally reach a point where it's like, all right, where's that freaking two millimeter driver at? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> yeah. And then I just have to stop, get all my tools, lay them back out, kind of organize thing, put the parts over here, tools over here, just so I can find stuff and get back to being efficient. Because you can eat up a lot of time looking for tools oh, when your man. bench is a mess. Or for me, it's I missing something. You know, missing mm. that that you clean up and then you see that one little like two and a half millimeter or three millimeter shim and you go, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Where does that go? Where does that I go? I hope that was a spare. Yeah. And if, if I wouldn't have had crap all over the place, then, mm-hmm. you know, I would have seen it. Yeah. I, I'm like you, Jesse. I am about a four cleanup session per build, I think. Yep. About four times I have to completely go through, reorganize the bags that are there of parts, kind of relay it back out, regain my bearings, come up with a new plant. You know what I mean? Yep. And then kind of reattack. And that really does help. Uh, helps. I, I don't know. helps me kind of refocus. Mm-hmm. Or I might switch yeah, over. Hit a reset button. Yeah, hit a little reset button. Or I might switch over then and start doing the stuff that, like, I enjoy the way it looks in the end, but I'm, man, wiring is definitely something that it's not a big deal to me, but like if I have to make a new Dude, power you lead are harness, such a liar. It's what? not a big deal. Wiring is not a big deal to you. No, it's not a big deal to do. I mean- I'm very like to sit down and wire heli. Yeah, it's not a, a big isn't deal. A big deal. Oh, it's okay. not a big deal. I'm very I'm efficient at it, and I I very rarely anymore do I rewire. Like I've, oh, I've built yeah, yeah, enough. Yeah. I've seen enough to where you can think I'm, it through. Yes, I can think it through. Yeah. But like the thought of building because I I do so much of the stuff myself. My power harness, you know. So like my I go I have bulk eighteen gauge. EC3 connectors, I'm going to wire those up. I'm going to build my own dual servo lead split off of there, crimp my own ends on, all of that stuff I do. I don't do extra wire. I don't like stuff wadded up and zip-tied together. It's not how I roll. So it does take a lot of extra time. It's really hard to get started on that, you know? Yeah, I would say... Once you do get started, the hours just fly by. Oh, (laughs) It sucks up a Whoa. lot of time. Two in the morning. Yep. <laughs> I I enjoy. I I. Yeah, that's hard to say. I was gonna say I enjoy the wiring because I like to see how it progresses from a rat's nest of wires to something that actually looks nice. But it can be frustrating, and I I think yep. it really depends a lot on the model. 
Because let's face it, some models, the designers have put thought into how is the user going to wire this thing? And then other people, you wonder if they ever flew it before they released it. (laughs) They're like, oh, wait, (laughs) servos have wires? Straight from SolidWorks right to the retailer shelf. It just blows my mind. But I I do. I agree with you, Nick. I'm in the same boat. Nowadays, I don't stress over wiring because I know I'm going to get it done. And it may not always be the most amazing wiring job, but it will be good enough. Because like you said, Jesse, you can spend a lot of time on wiring. Like I've sat down, started working on wiring and looked up and it's like three hours later. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had just because of wiring, I'm like, okay, I need to just take a break, go to bed and try this again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're like, I'm, I'm just getting tired. It's getting late. I'm getting frustrated. And it's usually late, you know, late in the build. Yeah, so you and are. you just want to get it done. Yeah, you're getting tired, and it's it's a tough deal. I mean, I've almost smoked myself out of the freaking trailer with uh, soldering fumes in there. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, I can't even see straight. My eyes are burning. Oh, crack a door, <laughs> dummy. Now that I've owned two full sets of BK high-voltage coilless servos, I can honestly say that these are the best full-size cyclic servos I have owned to date. These things are crazy fast, with a speed of 0.049 seconds per 60 degrees, and plenty strong, with a torque rating of 295 inch ounces. Oh, and to top all this off, they're only 99 bucks a piece. So whether you're looking to replace an old set of worn-out servos, or outfitting that brand new heli, be sure to head over to bkservo.com. So what, you know, what, what is your, if you had to choose one aspect of any given build, which one is your favorite? Other than when it's done? Other than when it's done and other than the first, the initial fondling of the canopy. Uh, I actually really enjoy setup. Electronic setup? Yep. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Why? I Because it's fast now. I mean, it's fast. I, en- I love a setup where I've already, like, you know, all my stuff's on V-Bar now. I can set it up a, a, an entire heli from haven't touched a sub trim on anything to ready to fly in less than 30 minutes. I mean, including mm-hmm, yeah. adjusting, tuning, tweaking, and I just know that it's going to fly beatable in the first flight. So that's the part that I like because that's, for me, like that's pretty much right about the end of it. That and stickers. <laughs> when I'm putting stickers on, usually that's it. That's the it's end. big grin. Yep. See, I never put stickers on until it's maidened. What? Yeah, dude. Mm. Yeah. Why? I feel like you're, you know, you're you're getting cocky, man. You're taking shit for granted. You got to make sure that it's actually going to be okay. <laughs> like you don't put your stamp on it until until you're ready to approve. And stickers Ooh, are my stamp. So, speaking of that, how often 
And and let's be honest. We've all built a bunch of shit. I mean, like a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Probably way more than the average enthusiast. Yes, I would agree. How many have you, how, how often would you say do your maidens go flawless versus you find something? Now, that doesn't mean it crashes on the maiden, but you find something that you go, ooh, shit, ooh, lucky. <laughs> uh, for me, that's rare. I mean, I have had, I think I've had maybe two or three maidens out of a big number that haven't gone as planned where it i think one of them actually did crash uh and the other two was just like wow there's something seriously wrong here but that was a long time ago nowadays the maiden is very generally very uneventful and it's again it's because you get into that routine right you know just like you were saying you can go from not touching sub trims to ready to fly in 30 minutes on v-bar I feel the same way about my electronic setups and that comfort level, I think in general follows through, you know, the whole build. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me with the maidens, most of the time, you know, same as Justin, most of the time they're very uneventful. And if it's a class of heli that I've flown before, it's a, uh, Typically, the gains are already close enough just kind of from taking a hip shot before or during setup that you can actually fly the thing. You don't have to just sit there and hover it for the maiden flight. But with that being said, the N7, if you guys remember back with the whole tail thing, the leading edge, trailing edge. Oh, yeah. It's spinning the other way because the, the tail drive gear is on the other side of the main gear. Yeah, that one almost got me. I think... If I'm trying to remember back, but I think I had, I think just the overall servo direction was incorrect. Not the, not the way the V bar corrected, but just the servo mm. direction was wrong. Um, so yeah, that was one of those. Oh, I got way lucky. Um, but other than that, besides just the typical, you know, when you're first starting out and then the helis are getting bigger, you're going 250, 450, 500, 700. Mm -hmm. Where your hands are just shaking. You're going, I'm literally, if this thing just hovers and I don't crash it myself, that's a success. Uh, once you kind of get past that, yeah, they've been, for the for the majority, been fairly uneventful. Mine, I have found a very, very distinct, direct correlation to the quality of my maiden. It is, this is a, this is science. We can, we can log this under the fact files. It is directly related to how late I stayed up finishing it. Yeah, I hear you on that because <laughs> you will miss something. I'm I'm serious. Yeah. Oh yeah. The later dude. I stay up, and the harder I push to get it done, the bigger and dumber the shit is that I miss. Yep. And when you're really starting to blow through it and moving models in your radio, and you know, especially copying this and that, and man. Yep. This last year, I would say I had a lot of that because I just was pushing so late. And, you know, even the 570, I forgot to tighten down the motor. Oops. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I go, and I am not nice on my maidens. If it spools up and doesn't shake itself to death, it's getting beat fast. 
Uh, I mean, I'm a one punch out. Does the tail stay within 30 degrees? Yep. All right. Hammer down. I'm going to shake it out and find out what's wrong real quick. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that one. Yeah. I mean, you know, it it didn't didn't damage anything. You know, the motor belt just slipped and I heard it and went, oh, hey, let's uh, go ahead and bring that in. Tighten that, you know, tighten those (laughs) up a little bit. But we'll see. And that's why, dude. I use a checklist as I go along and it's not, I don't start at the beginning of the build with a checklist because that's well, for me, it's unnecessary. But when I get down to, I'd say the last handful of items, I am going to do a checklist because I know myself, the closer you get to being ready to maiden, the more you want to push because you want to get to the maiden. And so then you're up late. It's the middle of the night you're not paying attention. I, I mean, that's when the mistakes get made. You know what I just thought of? You know what, dude? You just, thank you. You just, I just had one of those bing light bulb moments. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I'm dead serious. I am going to go get a little, you know, one foot wide, uh, maybe two foot tall or a foot and a half tall, little dry erase board. Yep, that's exactly what I have on my bench, and I just and I'm going to put up one in the trailer, right on the right yep. on the door to the cabinet. That way, when it's two thirty in the morning, and I'm going to sleep, I can start writing stuff down. Hey, dummy, don't forget this. Hey, dummy, don't forget that's that. That's how hey. I can then go and sleep at night nice. and not worry about it. Is I write it down on the list, and I know when I show up tomorrow morning or afternoon or evening, it's like, oh yeah, you're right. You got to go and check this, or you got to tighten that bolt. And yeah. I, I mean, it's based on lessons learned and some of them are stupid, right? But you just had one with tightening the motor down. I once maidened a logo 600 SE without uh, snapping the tail control rod on the bell crank. <laughs> that, that was fun. <laughs> it came off the ground and it was spinning like an SOB. Uh, you know, those sorts of things. I'm the king of the throttle <laughs> curves. I, I dude, th- governor and head speed. I don't know. I just can't ever seem to get my shit together there, right? Just bad. You know, I've always got, like, I've, I'll forget. I'll forget to program throttle curves in there because you're just not thinking about it. Or forget to set my throttle hold and or, um, you know, screw up and completely forget. Like, what was it on? the Oh, on the, I had one on the Goblin 700 zipped right through the edge castle programming okay all right here we go bam done right three minutes it's ready to go forgot to set the output on the channel to rpm output oh yeah there you go you know something (laughs) stupid and and then mine's the expo the expo yep (laughs) see i don't have to do that it's been a while but i i had a couple of maidens where it was like oh it's a little crisp Hello. <laughs> yeah. It's very Hello. responsive, Heli. Yeah. So it's it's usually dumb stuff. Well, Jesse saw that one more. Right? Didn't you see that one? Or maybe it was Rick. Just totally forgot to program an idle up. And let me how tell you how great an inverted punch out works in normal mode. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's a pair of skates. That was a Logo 600, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a Goblin 500. <laughs> nice. Um. So yeah, I, I, Justin, I think that checklist just something 
quick and easy is a, a great idea if you're a late night builder. Because like, you know, the 700 while, okay, yes, I did forget to program that. Um, I didn't push myself Friday night. You know, we record on Friday yep. and it was like, oh, I think I can get this done. If I stayed up one more hour yep. than I normally do, I could get it done. Well, yep. I didn't. And then it, it rained on Saturday. So, I, you know, I just chipped away at it through the day, went out there, worked on a little this and that. And I kind of took all day to finish up realistically what turned out to be a fair two to three hours worth of work. Mm -hmm. But when I, you know, I had this, like I, I kept going back out and checking on it. And after three or four trips back out to look at it and look it over, there wasn't anything. You know, there was nothing mechanical. And it was just such a good feeling. You know, not, mm, I wonder what I'm going to miss this yeah. time. Yeah, and, and it's also useful, you know, once you get past the build, maintaining a large fleet, depending on the model or the brands, can be a challenge too, right? It, mm -hmm. Especially if you're always changing stuff out. So the checklist for me works well to, you know, I gotta, I've got a section for the Diablo. I got a section for the 770. And then, you know, maybe for a week or two, it's blank and I don't have anything to do. But at least every time I look at the list, it reminds me of, oh, crap, what did I need to do on that heli? That's a really good idea, too, yep. because I always, you know, I'll just flat out forget. I mean, like tonight it was, okay, well, let's see. If I end up being able to fly tomorrow, what do I need to do? No, I think that one's done. Huh. This one? Yeah, I think that one's good. And I was getting ready to walk back in. I was like, oh, crap, I got that speed up pulley. God, I forgot all about that. I better do it now. And, uh. You know, I would have forgot. Yep. So, and it helps put it, stuff into perspective too. You you make the decision ahead of time. Like I had the list this morning, mm -hmm. and I said, "Oh, hey, it's my day off. Well, got to get some speed flying in. Want to do the seven seventy three eighty tuning?" Well, and then I looked at it, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, I got to break in my fourteen S packs, and then once I do that, I got to install the nose weight on the Diablo speed." And then, you know, I got to reprogram the ESC. And so third checkbox on the list, I said, forget it. We're not speed flying today. Leave all the crap hanging on the wall. It's just the 380. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, it can also help you kind of plan out, especially if it's like a, a model that you've had for a while. It can help you plan out like a maintenance schedule, too. Yep. Yeah. Like you're saying you just kind of know. All right. Three weeks. Or I got to do this i'm getting up on the flight count on this heli or even time you know we do that at work on our boards at work okay i got you know these four cars or whatever here oh, i've got two hours on this one half an hour on this one you could even do that you know uh next to it so let's see oh this one i gotta swap out this pulley right okay um probably take me half an hour so right point five next to it or whatever so you I do can that walk as well walk by and go, okay, I have an hour before I need to go to bed. What should I work on? Yep. Look at your list. I'm going to set a goal. I can get this and this done. Okay, great. That's what I'm going to do. Not, well, I'll start this and then, oh, crap, I forgot. This takes a little longer. I think that's just a great plan. Yeah, it does work out really well. Well, nice. I think that's, uh, man, I learned something tonight. I mean, building is it, fun. It's it is fun, and it's so yep. much more fun 
Yeah, I, I truly believe that, you know, and, and I do this at work, which is funny because why do I do it at work, but then sometimes not do it at home? Well, because we're humans. <laughs> um, it really is a case of sometimes in order to go quick, you have to slow down. And taking your time in the beginning to do a lot of stuff will really save you that, I mean, you can put that last screw in and go, yep, I'm done. Not go back to it four or five times and, oh, yeah, I got to do this a little <laughs> bit. And then go, oh, yeah, do that yeah. a little bit. And yeah. that's a great way to add like three to four hours of miscellaneous time on the end. Yep. Exactly. Yep. You know, that's one thing to be said about going through the manual step by step. If you go through step by step, then you don't have to go back and do anything. You start and finish each little assembly. That's kind of what I found because, like you just mentioned, bouncing around, you'll forget that one little step on that assembly where if you just start it and finish it, you're going to be way less likely to miss something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And kudos to the manufacturers. They've really stepped up their packaging game. A lot of them have. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're come. The, the manuals are laid out a lot better. They're having you insert electronics in certain, you know, parts that make sense. They're in color with solid models. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. No more of these, you know, newspaper article looking. Yep. Looking ones <laughs> like like the old Align manuals. Oh my God, those were horrible. Where they had like thirteen steps on one page and. Not to mention all the words on that page were also in three different languages. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Here you it's go. Your first bill. Don't miss Don't. anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good um, topic. Yeah. I. You know. I. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear from the listeners as to what you know. What quirky things do you guys do during your build time or? Do you have time-saving tricks or things that improve efficiency? Uh, You know, I think just the three of us talking here highlighted that we all have our own little unique, personal, and sometimes weird ways of doing things. There's got to be other people out there in the same boat. So let us know. For For sure. You betcha. Well, let's not make it a, let's not do a, a marathon. I think that's a good sp- good spot. Yeah. Um, it's complete. I-, I got a question, though, for you two before we do the official closeout, Nick. Okay. Mm-hmm. You guys have been reviewing stuff lately, uh, right? Products. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. yes Where are been. we on that, and when are we going to hear the final reviews? Next week for both. Oh, double header. That's right. We're going to wham bam. So, so the 180 and the R2. That's right. Oh, Episode yeah. 180. That's correct. Nice. I, 180, 180. Yep. I have it some, only makes sense. I have just some final uh, technical in flight data logging to do. Mm hmm. Um, left. I've got all of my bench testing done, and we're going to, yeah, just do a little bit of in flight log. Want to give it as much information from all different directions as possible. But um, this one has definitely turned out way better than I thought, so I'm really excited. It's nice when they when they meet and exceed your expectations. When they don't suck. Yeah, it is, because you don't, you know. It's good for everyone. It is. It's a, it's a nice 
It's because then nice... we don't have to come on the air and say, you know, this sucked. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's all right, and I, you know, it'll 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 it's okay, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not my idea of a good time. So cool. yes, be looking for those next. Yeah, week. definitely. Uh, we have been diligently working behind the scenes. Uh, already getting planned for the fun fly. Oh man, work behind the scenes oh, yeah. does not capture the overall magnitude of <laughs> effort of the that is going into yes. this. But but yes, as right. painful as it has been, we are nearing a, a milestone, uh, and so we hopefully will be able to provide a lot more detail here in the near term. I think, Nick, we're going to have uh, an official flyer out pretty yep. soon, right? That's correct. As you guys already know, it's September 17th through the 20th, so that's Thursday through Sunday. New uh, location. New location down yep, south are. of Portland, about 40, 45 minutes or so south of Portland, Oregon. Yep. Beautiful field with uh, what, what ought to amount to an unlimited flight line length yeah i mean the field that we're sitting on is like literally four or five thousand feet square so it's gonna be awesome lots of fun stuff planned um we're not changing a ton from what we did we've had great feedback with the two previous fun flies if you haven't been to one of ours it's just a whole different ball game. We do things. I'm not going to say like crazy different, but it's a it's a level of involvement. You know, you, yeah. Our our goal is that you do not walk away from our fun fly and be able to say, "Well, I sat there, I put up my pop up tent, I had my table, put a couple flights in, watched a little bit." Yeah, talk to the guy next to me. Uh-uh. Talk to the guy next to me. Nope. That's it. No, we love you're getting involved. All have fun. Get everyone involved. Prizes up up the sphincter. Live show. Night flying. flying. That's right. And this is night flying where this may be your first or your 500th fun fly. You're going to night fly. That's right. Last year, we actually we did something to get people involved, and man, we got to do it again this year. It oh, yeah. Crazy. Because it was fun. We actually gave away every time you flew at night, and again, this is under construction lights. Right. There's there's no pressure. All skills. There were guys out there. Hovering. Uh, hovering, you yep. know, just running circuits. Uh, 130s were out there yeah. flying, and um, it, we, we gave away a ticket. For every night, every time you flew, you came back, you got a ticket. And that was put in a, a whole separate drawing just for the people who flew at night. And I, I've never, I've never seen people waiting at flying stations to, well, to fly Waiting in line, dude. I mean, we were, night. we were burning <laughs> through the tickets and, and it was unlimited, right? So if you want to go fly yep, yep. 50 every times that time. night, you get 50 tickets. Yep. And, and the other thing is. It's not like we were giving away a crappy prize. It was a kit. That's right. Goblin 500. We gave away yeah. Goblin 500. I mean, it was Mr. a Dean good up prize. in Canada won that one. That's right. Yeah. So just, uh, you know, it's just different. It's a different attitude. If you guys, you East Coast guys, you know, we talked about how we do it differently. 
Um, and now that we've been over East Coast on a couple, I mean, hey, it's great. We we love coming over there, having fun. You should really come over and experience it. There's a level of casualness and just God, act like a little kid and have fun. Well, where you know? where else can you be night flying under construction lights at 3.30 in the morning with hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill behind the flight station? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's true. Yep. You name it. Yep. Yeah, lots of fun. And this one, for those uh, interested in traveling, again, we're about an hour or so away from the Portland airport, so a very large airport, and um, we're about 20 minutes away from hotels in Salem, correct? Yeah, Salem and McMinnville, I believe, are the two closest. Plenty of lodging, uh, relatively close. Uh, I mean, tons, almost unlimited lodging, relatively close. And for those traveling, you know, obviously we have. But don't stay in a hotel. Don't. Nah. I mean, that's you can't say hey. we, that's not how we do well, it. Well, if you're going to fly in, you're kind of. Yeah, know, that's true. Yeah, you got to do what lim- you got to limited. Do. But West Coast style is definitely rolling up in anything that's got four wheels packed to the gills, stuff strapped on top. <laughs> and I mean, well, seriously, right? Oh, I mean, we've yeah, seen so some true. ghetto roll ups and that's cool. You got everything. Jesse, I have seen. Oh, man. I couldn't tell if you were going to a fun fly or taking a round to the dump because that's how much crap was in the truck. You just pile it all up. You're like, you know what? It's the Northwest. It could rain. Let's throw a tarp over everything and strap it down. (laughs) Just in case. And (laughs) people, they'll sleep in their cars. They got tents, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. It, It does not quit when the sun goes down. You know, not a lot of people. We always... We always try and have food, you know, there. Not a lot of people go get dinner like they do. No. In other ones where everyone leaves and goes and gets, that's not the case. We always try to have dinner. Someone's cooking something. Um, Dude, Dan's famous chili. The chili that ate oh. a hole through my damn deep fryer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, it's amazing. Uh, we made, what did we make, like 12 gallons of it last year? It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. We just had a lot of fun. It's just a good time, you know, and we've, we're very fortunate that a lot, of, uh, we've had some great sponsors and great people, you know, that support the podcast and, and support the fun fly and believe in how we do it, throw up some amazing prizes. No one goes away without something. And, uh, yeah, yes. part support, Ken from Lower Heli will be there. He always brings his whole entire setup with the tent and the and the whole Deep. deal. And we've had lots of people travel in. Um, so lots of fun. I'm excited. Book it. And while yeah, we are wait. on this rant of shameless self-promotion, Nick, please tell us about the store. Ah, yes. Uh, <laughs> after some very... Heated fisticuffs debates and and running through all the numbers, we are going to be able to and this is cool for us. You know, we don't we don't deal we're not rolling hella deep. How about that? <laughs> we do as much as we can. You like I did that? Rolling hella deep. Yeah. It's not even like shallow. <laughs> no. No, it's we're rolling, you know, Ford Escort on three flats deep. That's how shit, we're it wouldn't roll <laughs> if we weren't on a hill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are going to 
be able to restock the store. Yay! So our goal is within the next, um, we're going to be placing the order probably at the beginning of this week. Usually takes a couple weeks to get the shirts made and get kennel organized, but um, we're going to go ahead, reload the whole store. So I know there's been people that have been holding off like, hey, I kind of want this, this, and this, but you, you only had this, and then you didn't have this in this size. When are you going to do it? And they've just been waiting. You know, well, we're going to restock it all. And in doing that, we're really going to put a big effort into keeping it stocked all year long. So if you haven't got what you want, make sure and look for that soon. What else? What do you think? We do have tech tick tips in in work, tech right? Ticks. Tech ticks. Tech ticks. Tech ticks. Tech yeah. Uh, I, I've actually got one that I'm very slowly putting together. Uh, actually, on a request from one of our listeners, uh, I think there have been a couple of listeners that have contacted me in the last month or two asking about uh, how to discharge a battery when it's at end of life. Oh, and, yeah. you know, we're throwing around, oh, yeah, you can't use the salt water trick. It doesn't really work as well as everyone says, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, what does that load bank look like? Is it a set of light bulbs? Is it a, you know, can you do it on the charger? So I'm playing around with a couple of things on my bench, um, you know, as time permits. And that's eventually going to get put into a tech tip that will hopefully give you sort of a quick outline of what you can do in terms of a DIY discharger. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, we've been throwing a couple more up lately. Um, as the season starts cranking up, you know, for now it's just been kind of like what we're working on. I threw one up about ESC cooling and trying to optimize that. But, uh, yeah, we try and keep chipping away at them. Let's see, I, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like we're good. I yeah, agree. I so sure, that was a big pause. I I had to think about it. Yeah, it was just. But I am now officially on board. Okay, cool. We're good. Well, emails. Um, and oh, again, quick little update. Uh, with Dan again. Thank you, everyone who's shown your support. You know, he's still just kind of chilling, doing his thing, getting readjusted, and uh, we are. Very happy that that we're in a spot where we can give him, you know, all the time and support that he needs. So don't don't tell him we told you, but shoot him an email. Say hi. I think he, he gets a big kick out of that. But he's doing good. Just, you know, getting used to it. Well, Justin, if I needed to get a hold of you, how would I do that? You could send me an email at justin at rchelionation.com or catch me on my preferred mode of communication nowadays, which is Facebook Messenger. Cool. Jesse. Nice. You could send me an email to jesse at rchelionation.com or catch me on Facebook as well. Nice. Uh, if you needed to get a hold of Dan, you would send an email to dan at rchelionation.com, Dan K. Reed on the forums. Dan Reed on Facebook, Big Country Lovin at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Yes, Gmail. Yes. Even though we should give him a, at rcalienation.com for that one. Big Country Lovin at rcalienation. I don't know <laughs> if I want that to have to do anything with yeah. it. Um, for store apparel, 
and citizen questions, those all get directed to Ken at rchellynation.com. Again, Ken, thank you for doing all your hard work. And then also we've got the questions thing. I've, I've got a couple sitting here, so we're close to doing another uh, short little tidbit on that. That's questions at rchellynation.com. If you have a question you'd like us to talk about, uh, we're doing it a little bit, little bit different. Go ahead and record that with your phone. Do a little voice memo, and then shoot us that in the email. We'll play it on the air, and, and then we'll all go ahead and attack that question and give you some different angles to look at it at. Again, thank you for all of your support, and thank you for the support of our wonderful show sponsors that we have. Uh, we appreciate that everything you guys do, and we look forward to uh, continuing to grow and just make a badass 2015. Yeah. Well, boys. That's it. You nailed it. Awesome. This is episode number 179. We appreciate... Oh, see, you know... You know, you try to go off track, man, and you just lose it here. You you gotta stick to the stick to the yeah, program. No freestyling. I know. I was trying to freestyle. Thank You're you. You're like Jesse. I I got this. I got I'll this. Make up my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys listening to this show. You almost did much. it again, Jesse. Well, hey, you you still mess it up, Nick. I don't care. Okay, good. Yeah, can we establish that? I do. We appreciate. Uh, yeah, I care. You guys listening to this show, as much as we enjoy making it, which we love making it, and we like that you listen to it. I enjoyed oh, the hell out goodness. of making this one. Yes. As did I. This has been episode number 179. We are out of here. Out. Peace. See ya. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you by... Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Rev Electrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. Go for it, Justin. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your RC crappy son of a bitch. <laughs> I screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Oh, oh, look at me. Textbook. Yeah, that was. I meant to do that, actually. Whatever. Uh-huh.